Okay, so got it. Here we go. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. And my guest today is Holly Martin. And Holly has a great story about the things that she's involved in with motorsports and the and she has a wide variety of, of activities that she volunteers for and she she works hard for. And so we're going to first learn a little bit about Holly. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself. And then after that, we're going to hear about her uh, involvement in motorsports. So, Holly, welcome to the show. And why don't you start by just sharing a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me, Melinda. Well, let's see. It, it, it basically started from probably my name. <laughs> and the story goes, supposedly I was named after a carburetor. My mom wouldn't let my dad spell it with an EY. So there you have it, compromise. Um, my family's been racing sailboats, dirt bikes, and off-road long before I was born. Um, I, 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 I always say I grew up in a pit crew. I was raised in a pit crew. Uh, my father and my uncles all raced Baja when I was a kid. So we would be in station wagon and follow all over Ensenada, La Paz, you name it, by Trinidad. And during the Baja 1000, the 500, the Mint, um, they were very successful in the, in the 70s. They won both the 1000 and the 500 mm -hmm. and uh, raced a class two car and so that's kind of how I grew up I mean and then I went you know my dad would take me to preschool in a Model T um always grew up with some form of classic car fun classic car uh, eventually that blossomed into um his his baby which was a 1909 Model R Stanley Steamer Roadster so I actually drive steam cars wow um, which is really fun to me the older the better uh steam cars are fascinating um, first hybrid. Uh, X, X, yeah, um, true. We're going backwards, aren't we? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah kind of. Um, and, you know, steam powered vehicles have been around since like 1803. So I'm, I'm always fascinated with brass era cars and the older, the better. And that led to, you know, I have a 1936 Ford Roadster in my garage. That's my baby. And um, that's my Sunday car daily driver. But uh, what happened was, is that racing just was always part of my life. Um, and then you get older and you go away, go to college, you have a family and you kind of get out of it because when you're, you become a parent um, and I had two daughters and three stepkids, you um, can't really go and do that. Well, as everybody got older and started leaving, I really just said, I think it's, it was time to just go back. So I had always um, wanted to, Bonneville Salt Flats was on my bucket list mm -hmm. and I'd always wanted to go. And I finally made it in 2010 and it just hooked me. And I had been doing track days and, you know, kind of got back into it gently. And, and with my work as a photographer, um, Bonneville just kind of brought everything back that I had been missing for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And prior to Bonneville, I kind of gotten back into the photography of the custom car world and places like, you know, Grand National Roadster Show 
and connected, really reconnected with a lot of my father's friends. Okay. And my father had passed away suddenly in 1999. So um, I just felt like it was back in a place where I really was comfortable and wanted to be. So uh, land speed racing started just by going to Bonneville and the land speed community is absolutely amazing. It's like a, a whole different culture in itself. It's people from all walks of life. There is There are people who have big cars and have a lot of money and sponsorship behind them. But then you also have people who don't have that and they build cars in their garages. And those people can go out and compete equally with the people that do have money. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it doesn't matter. But we're also a big family in terms of uh, if something breaks, you just get on the radio and you say, hey, um, does anybody have you know this part? Or you know we're missing this part. And you will find somebody who has that. It's not like a hide your homework type of sport. There's always somebody out there that's got something to help you. And then if you break, you're, you know, you're on the same boat here, go take this. If you need this, cause I'm done racing and take it off of my car and put it on yours. Um, I got asked to start racing, um, by some seasoned old pros. And they said, Hey, do you want to try racing land speed? And I said, sure. And predominantly uh, land speed is um, out at El Mirage Dry Lake. There's six races a year. And I don't know if you know anything about the history of land speed racing or hot rodding, but uh, Not really. back in the 1920s, late, late 20s, early, early 30s, you know, as far back as that, um, the kids that were taking the cars and, and, you know, taking the fenders off and trying to make things go faster got in a lot of trouble in Southern California because they were the hot rodders uh -huh. and they were bad news. And so they had to go find a place to go race and go fast. So they went out to Muroc, Rosamond and El Mirage. Um, Muroc is now part of Edwards Air Force Base, but predominantly raced at El Mirage. And that was the birthplace of Southern California Timing Association. They started timing each other and that's kind of where it all started. Okay. Um, so I began racing at El Mirage and got into a rookie car that had probably, I want to say 25 or 26 rookies prior. And I raced that car, which was a 1988 Chevy Sprint with, I can't remember. I think it has a 52 cubic inch blown Suzuki engine. <laughs> wow. And, and it's not a fast car. It doesn't do more than 115. But that's all it takes is seat time. Mm -hmm. And in land speed racing, you go through a process, both Bonneville and El Mirage, where you have to go under 150 miles an hour. You can't go over. And then the next step, if you, if you complete that successfully, then you go from 150 to 175 again. And it's called licensing up and so on and so forth. So I then graduated to bigger cars and then getting the opportunity to drive at Bonneville. Um, I am currently faster backwards than I am forwards. Uh, <laughs> I, I did a nice little spin at over 200 miles an hour after the timing lights at, at El Mirage one year. And I'm just got hooked. And then I realized that giving back to the Southern California Timing Association as a volunteer, because it's an all volunteer organization, is one of the greatest things you can ever do especially as a photographer 
Um, and it's just fascinating, the great people I get to work with because Bonneville and, and these cars are, are like sculpture, like everybody's an artist mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, they're all different. The engines are different. The ideas are there. It's, it's, it's incredible what comes, what people come up with motorcycles, cars. It's, it's like this, um, collection of genius artists, but they make everything go fast. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. But the goal isn't necessarily to go 200 miles an hour, 300 miles an hour. The goal is to take maybe a vintage Harley Davidson from the 1940s, find the class and see how fast it can go. And it may only go 48 miles an hour or 48 miles, you know, but it may, may get a record at 48 miles when it goes to the timing lights, but that's still a record. Okay. So um, I'm pretty much, that's what I do. That's kind of the love of my life. And then I had the re really great opportunity of being on uh, Danny Thompson's Challenger 2 team for six years as a photographer and part of that team. And that was just such a historical, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, form. It, it was incredible to be on that team with a car that was actually designed and built in 19, 1968 and then to have it res be resurrected and then actually get the a piston engine wheel driven record at 448, I think it was, or 447, um, was fantastic. Yeah. And that was a really great opportunity. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. That, that would have been very cool to be part of that. Cause that's so historic, you know? Um, yeah. And the, and the photographer part, I love that because you're recording memories that people can go back for, you know, when we're long gone, people will have those photos to look at and be like, oh, look, they did this then. And, and so I love that about the photography part of it. And, you know, I have a couple of friends that are track photographers and it amazes me how many people don't take advantage of purchasing those pictures because first of all, they're not expensive and it's recording your history, your family racing history or whatever. And, and it just amazes me that I, I really try to promote those people because um, you've got to, you've got to have some history for your grandchildren and your great grandchildren to be like, Hey, look what my grandma did, you know? Yeah. And so I love the uh -huh. photography part that you're involved in. Yeah, so I'm not very much of a commercial photographer. I actually am, I, 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 I refer to myself as a storyteller. Okay. And, and so if somebody comes to me, I usually have the, the pictures that tell the story and then it becomes a kind of a, a, a paid situation. But um, for the most part, I voluntarily go in because it's the history and preserving the history is very, very important to me. And I love faces and the emotion that goes on, the yeah. celebration, um, the cast of characters that I have in my life that I'm so lucky to, to be around. Um, one of my favorite projects is outside of my current project, which is Speedy Moon Racing and Maxwell Industries, is um, I have something called Legends of Metal and Speed because that's who I am. I'm metal and speed. And I get to hang around people like Ed Iskandarian and had the luxury of, of photographing him and listening to his stories. Um, Nick Arias Jr., um, 
Gene Winfield, you know, custom car builders, um, racers, um, Don Perdome. I mean, I can name, it's just nice to be able and, and to photograph them and have them be comfortable enough with me to be themselves and also to hear the stories. Yeah. I feel sometimes like I have to pinch myself because I'm so honored to be in this group of, of incredible men and women who made history long before computers, long before oh, yeah. computer design. And, and um, you know, when, when you took a piece of chalk and you designed a car on a garage floor yeah. or they woke up in the middle of the night and said, oh, I've got it. And to be a part of the, 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 the early history as well, um, it, it's, it's just, I couldn't ask for a better job yeah. than what I have now. And it just keeps getting better and better. And I'm more amazed every day that I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do. You know, I love the part that, about telling stories because that's what I do too, you know, in my magazine mm-hmm. and then also on the podcast. I, I'm letting you tell your story and I love hearing them because they're sometimes there's a, there's a common thread that runs through it and it's about the people. It's about the people mm-hmm. that we meet, but every story mm-hmm. is different. And I had somebody ask me one time, well, who have you interviewed that's famous? And I told them a couple of people. And then I said, but, but I'm not about the people that are famous. You're most of the people that I interview, you've never heard of but they have great stories. And, uh-huh. and I love that part because um, where, where else are they going to have a chance to tell those stories unless we share them, you know? True. So let me ask you a question. When you're at taking photos and you're at an event or something and you're taking photos, my favorite photos that I see from photographers are the ones that are not on the racetrack necessarily. They're the ones when they're in the pits and they're working on the car and they're, like you said, celebrating. Are those the kind of photos that you like as well? It sounded to me like kind of what you were doing when you're telling the story. Yeah, so I I do um, all of the above, but the story and the people that are working in the pit crews and you know, drivers and what's going through their mind. And as a driver, I know what goes through my mind and the, just the, the team effort and what it takes to achieve speeds that are incredible. That's all part of it. And then to catch the smiles or catch the intensity um, is, it's very important, important and part of the story. What I also have is, is, it's very important that it's not just my work. I work with a whole team. I assemble a whole team because it takes numerous people to tell the story, especially like the current story of Speed Demon. Um, I have a whole team that I put together, which is fabulous. And they're all incredibly talented and they all have a different style, but they also have a great deal of experience out of Bonneville Salt Flats. And they know where to be and when to be and what part of the track they can do this and that. And, and it, it's, it's not something I can do on my own because it's not just my story. It's the story of the whole team. So you, in, 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 in reality, you create a media team to capture and tell the story of the racing team. And I feel that's a really important part to, of, of um, telling 
stories in terms of racing. Yeah, because you, know, you would miss you would miss a lot if you tried to do it all yourself because you can't oh, yeah. be everywhere. So right. spreading out, you know, uh, different people, you're capturing different parts. So that's that's yeah. an awesome plan idea that you have there. I love I love that because then you're catching all moments of the story. Right. And especially with Bonneville, because you have a five, five mile long track, flying mile, and then there's another two or three miles, four miles past that. And when from you, you need somebody at the start, you need somebody at the middle, you need somebody at the timing lights and you need somebody at the end. Right. And, and, you know, we put photographers and video people in different vehicles and, and get them to where they need to be. And then with my team, because they have so much great experience that it's really easy because I don't have to tell them what, what to do. Right. Right. <laughs> and there's somebody in the pit or somebody in impound to capture those moments. And, you know, the, the work and the faces from everybody, from the engine builder to the tuner, to the driver, to the family, um, the, the guys in general that, you know, everybody has a job on a team from packing parachutes Right to, you know, they speed demon does several engine swaps. So, and changes classes. So it takes, it takes a really big team to do that. And you can't do it all on your own. And so that's why I have this great group that works with me. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this year because um, there's going to be some pretty cool stuff we're doing. Um, some stuff out on the salt that's never been done before in terms of racing and in terms of, of video and media coverage. I'm, I'm really excited and I can't, I can't divulge all my secrets right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't push you to do that because it's fun to no. have surprises. Yes. And, um, so, but you know, stay tuned if you want to see the great work that's coming from our group and the hard work that's coming from the team. Uh, you know, follow Speed Demon Seven One Five or Speed Demon Racing on Instagram. Um, you can follow me. I'm at Metal and Speed. You can uh, follow Southern California Timing Association, which is S C T A B N I official, um, and you can kind of catch all the action going on during Speed Week and after and before. And so that's what I was going to just say. I was going to ask you as you were talking, I was thinking, so how can I go back and watch some of this? So you just told us SCTA, (laughs) Metal and Speed. Yeah. 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 So, so you can actually go and if you type in Land Speed Racing to YouTube, um, you can type in Dry Lakes Racing. Um, vintage dry lakes racing there's actually quite a bit of footage okay. uh, a good a good another good um way to follow and learn about the history is uh american hot rod foundation okay. and they are excellent at the preservation of all forms of motor motorsports racing as well as custom car building etc they're they're just so good at it and okay. they are a nonprofit, and that's what they do is they preserve the history, but they also get that history back out there. And, and um, it's just a, it's a really, really great form of being able to go back and see what, what happened in the thirties and the forties and fifties. And wow. I'm learning you know. a lot today. I tell you what, it, you know, you think, you know, about racing and, and it's funny because back in 2017, when I started, International Women's Motorsports Association. I knew there were a lot of women interested or involved in racing, 
Mm -hmm. but I had no idea at the concept or at the, the, oh, what are the normity of it? I went, I wasn't a big, um, drag race person because we really, you know, short track was what I grew up with and what I followed Mm -hmm. mostly, but I, we do have Martin Speedway close to us and they have a great facility. So I went there in 2017, uh, spring of 2018 to cover just to see, you know, what was happening and the amount of women drag racing and little girls drag just blew me away. I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And, and now, you know, as I've grown and I've gotten to know more people and people like you are sharing things with me that I didn't know about. And, you know, you think motorsports, Oh, you know, it's, it's a sport, but it's huge. It's absolutely huge. There's so many different types of racing and, and just, it's all over the world and it's just huge. And I love learning about, you know, more things. Um, One of my little friends is in the speed, um, land speed record type things now. And so I've been following it way more because of her, but the things Uh that you've just shared are things that now I have to do some research and learn more (laughs) because I love it. And Bonneville is on my bucket list to go when they have an event because I, and I know my husband would be totally on board about doing that because he, um, he's big into how fast do they go? And yeah, so it's quite, it's quite a feat to make something drag racing is fantastic. And, and it's all about speed, but to, to create an engine, you know, a big block Chevy, that's going to, you know, that can go just shy of 500 miles an hour is, you know, absolutely phenomenal, but it has to hang on for five miles. Then they have to go into impound. They have four hours to work on the car, gets buttoned up. And then the next day they have to go back out and do it again. So the record is the average. So you have to do it twice. Mm -hmm. And that's the amazing feat of the whole thing. Um, In terms of, of, Bonneville, you and your husband will love it. I always, I, I say you got to go once, but the problem is you can't just go once. I know. Because you're going to want to go back every year. Yeah. Um, and and I love that. This year, I'm also really fortunate to, um, I'm juggling between Bonneville and I get to go race in Europe this year again, which has been fantastic. Um, my family, I'm very grateful uh, that my family still does racing and still, still builds cars. And, um, in 2018, uh, my uncle, uh, actually started in 2017. He, he took his 1931 Ford Roadster and it's resurrected it again. And he had, he bought it in, I think 1982 and it was an old lakes car. We, we, we knew about that due to the snaps down on the body and he had it turned it into his you know, a hot rod and he's been hot running, you know, I think he bought his first car when he was 13 or 14. Um, and he's a member of the LA Roadsters club. And I think he was like the youngest member ever inducted at maybe six, 17, 16, something like wow. that. So he had done the hot rod power tour. The car had been driven back and forth across the United States several times. And he got the notion one day to, um, he wanted to build an engine that would go hundred miles an hour for hundred straight miles. So 
so that's what he did. And we took it to the Silver State Classic in 2017. And it averaged 101 point something and change across that 100 miles across the Nevada desert on an open road. And it was a great testing ground and, you know, eight timing traps. It was fabulous. And then kind of got the notion said, well, let's, let's go compete in America's most beautiful roadster. Let's go have some fun. Um, Entered it in America's most beautiful roadster and won, which was, you know, it's like, first you're racing it, take a race car, take a roadster, go win that. That was fabulous. Then it became good guys hot rod of the year, which you have to race at Bowling Green. And um, that's been, you know, an incredible adventure. And then the adventure got better. So in September, we took America's Most Beautiful Roadster to uh, the Bernina Grand Turismo Hill Climb in Switzerland. And you basically go from the bottom, I believe it starts at uh, Pochiavo, and you climb the mountain up the glacier and it ends up, um, and it's a timed event. And here you are, you know, just, I'm, I'm co-driving with my uncle in one of the most spectacular and beautiful countries in the world. And this, the opportunities, I'm just super blessed. The other thing that comes out of that is, is that in our family, there are no trailer queens. We drive them. He drives all of his cars. He drives that roadster all the time. Of course, I drive mine all the time. Um, And then this year we, we, we have done, we've done the Mille Milia, which my cousin Stephanie is the co-driver for that nav and she's the navigator. I'm the one that hangs out the car at 80 miles an hour with the camera. And as a family, you know, my uncle's been, my aunt and uncle are fabulous because, you know, it's, you know, they're all about the women too. Right. <laughs> Not like they have a choice because the women outnumber the men in our family. Exactly. There uh, you go. Yeah. And so we're uh, going back to Bernina this year with a uh, 1956 or 57 Lotus 11. So I'll get the opportunity to co-drive that. And then the Alfa Romeo, which we, my aunt, my uncle and my cousin raced in the melee, they're going to, he and my aunt are going to do the Targa Florio, which is in Southern Italy, which apparently is the world's oldest road race. And it's just great to be a family and do this. And I'm just so fortunate to be part of so many different forms of racing, classic racing, historical racing, and, you know, modern day amateur racing. Um, and, and, and then I get to take the camera along with me and tell the story afterwards, which is just, I, again, pinch me. I, I can't believe I have this life. That's, that's amazing. I've never even heard of half of the things you just said. And wow. And what, what a great aunt and uncle you have. I'm jealous, you know, (laughs) what great people to hang out with for sure. And just to be able to go along and capture those memories. Oh my goodness. If for nobody else than your family, you know, although I'm sure there's lots of people that are enjoying those, those photos and the stories with them, but if not, it just, just alone for your family. I just, that's, that's amazing, Holly. I had no idea. So I'm just learning something from you today. (laughs) Have you, have you heard of Alana Cher? No. Oh, you, you have to do a podcast with her. Okay. She is a fabulous writer. She's at challenge her 
on Instagram. All right. And she is an amazing woman. She has done the Baja. She, you know, and she's going to hate me for saying this, but she has driven the world's fastest lawnmower on a track. Um, she, she now I could probably all- do that. That sounds fun to me. <laughs> I, I think she went over hundred miles an hour on a track on that lawnmower. I'm not kidding. Um, she is involved in motorsports. She was on a roadkill. She has been a writer for a hot rod. I believe she's the new editor in chief. She's a, a, a car and driver. She writes for road and track, but she's not just a writer. She gets out there and she's a racer as well. And she does have her own YouTube channel. She, she can wrench like no other. She is so good at it. And her, her daily driver is an Opal, which is really fun. Um, But go look her up. Um, I will. Amazing writer brings a totally different perspective to automotive racing, not just men, you know, in a a man's form, but it's Uh men, women, and she just, she takes you there. And she actually, she's my favorite writer um, because she just, the way she tells stories is amazing. Oh, and, I can't wait. And it's great to see a woman doing yeah. and be all of that and being so involved in motorsports and cars in general. Oh yeah. I can't wait to start reading some of that and of what she writes. And yes, I will connect with her and get her on the podcast because that sounds amazing. I appreciate the connection there. Yeah. You're welcome. So Holly, you're, you've got so many amazing things going on in your life where motorsports are connected. Um, what do you think your legacy will be when you're, you know, your aunt and uncle are still racing. You've got a lot of years left, but what do you think your legacy will be? Or what do you want people to say about Holly Martin when, you know, you, we're not going to be around forever doing this. What are they going to say about you or what do you hope they say? It's a good question. Um, I have to think about that for a second. Okay. Um, giving back is the most important thing is giving back to your sport or giving back to your community or giving back to whatever your passion is. Um, I really feel that volunteering is, is really what's important to me. Um, it's great to go racing. The opportunities are incredible. Mm-hmm. Telling the story is incredible, but without the volunteers and without the people who are equally as passionate about their, the sport or without each crew member, I can't do my job. Like Mm -hmm. I can't tell my story without them. So I really feel like giving back or just being there, helping these organizations survive and thrive. And, and, and especially after COVID, there's not a whole lot of money left to be able to have you know, spring car racing, all these, all these different people that, that put hard work in that didn't get to do anything and do what they love for a year. Mm -hmm. So if you have the opportunity to step up and, uh, you know, help coach a a young lady or a a young, young man getting into racing, um, every little bit counts. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can volunteer a little bit of time 
if you're a welder or, you know, mechanic, you know, encourage the next generation, I think. And I'm, I'm hoping to do that because the generation before me has encouraged me mm-hmm. and without them, I can't do what I want, what I love doing. And, right. and just to carry on that passion, um, as for women, I'm, I hope that, um, I'm 56 years old and I started racing again in 2012. And that's the one thing that I really want to leave and encourage women to do is that you can do anything, whether it be racing, writing, photography, art, pick, pick something you're really passionate about and, and have a purpose because you do have a purpose and live with no regrets, go out and do whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. And, and that's, that I hope I inspire women, especially women my age that, you know, life is not over when the kids leave. And, and I, I mean, my goal is to become one of the fastest women at El Mirage Dry Lake. I, I, I want to do that. That's my goal. And it, it's going to take some time, but I'll get there. Yeah. Um, but I also know that giving back to the organization is the most important thing. And then just, it's really fun to be a woman and, and be on such a great team and have been on such great teams and worked with Danny Thompson and now working with Steve Watt and that whole team and yeah. George Petit. And it's just, it's really uh, fun and it's great to be a woman and be doing that. Yeah. And um, just go out and do what, do what drives you, do what makes you happy and what you're passionate about. Great, great responses. And the thing that you said, uh, you and I think alike in some ways, because you said no regrets. And that's one of the things that every so often, if you follow me on Facebook or whatever, you'll see hashtag no regrets, because, you know, I, I lost my son in 2018. And you look back and, and you don't want to have any regrets of things you did or didn't do. And, you know, not just not just that, but you know, you look around and, and COVID's make a, made us so much more aware of what's important, what we really need in our lives and what we don't need in our lives. And so, um, yeah, don't put off finding a way to fulfill your dreams. I don't care how old you are because yes. don't, don't, have, don't have regrets at the end. So I, I love that you said that. That was amazing. Yeah. Well. I, I, I always say age is no barrier to determination and just don't let, don't let, you know, you can do anything at any age that you want, if you set your mind to it and as long as you love it. And um, so it's, it's, and it only gets better. The older you get, it gets really way more fun. I think so too, because I think as we get older, we don't care what other people think for one thing, we're not out to please so-and-so or so-and-so we're out to make ourselves happy and to find that peace in our heart. That's been missing. We got to fill that hole that it's like, Oh, this really completes me. This is what I've always wanted to do. And I didn't even know it, you know, kind of, I didn't know I was ever going to do something like what I'm doing. 
And I'm having a ball. I'm absolutely meeting the most amazing people like yourself. And, you know, if you'd have told me that 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what? I'm doing this. You know, I was always in the financial bookkeeping kind of field. And and so um, just meeting people like you, Holly, just makes what I do so fun. And it doesn't feel like work at all. It's really enjoyable. Exactly. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like it's like this one big adventure and, and, and just with everybody I get to meet and, and it's, it's people like you, Melinda, who, who get out there and you find that niche and you spread the word and you're introducing people to a whole new world. And it's fabulous that you've taken on such a great um, cause and adventure. And um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, it's also about inspiring young women. It is. To, to, you know, start at a young age. I mean, I was always an adrenaline junkie. I grew up in an adrenaline junkie family. And it never truly leaves your blood. I mean, I, I showed in horses. I did hunter jumpers. I've just never not been there's never really been a lull Uh and start young and know that, yes, you can be a woman. You can go, you can get your education. You can go and have a family, but um, know that you got to keep the thing you love going because that's you. That's who you are. That's what you're going to leave to your children. That's what you'll leave to society. Um, And that's all very important to keep nurturing that drive Mm -hmm. inside of you, whatever makes you happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Holly, this has been, this has been so enjoyable to speak with you. I know you were a little nervous about doing this and you're, you're amazing. So you have to add this to your list of accomplishments that you're a great speaker. You're a great storyteller and you need to get out there and do a little more of this because you've got a lot to share and, and I just, I've learned so much and I really appreciate the time that you've given me today for this. So we need to stay in touch. I definitely need to get to Bonneville or somewhere to watch what's happening in real time. Um, Videos Mm -hmm. are great, but it's nothing like being there. So it's on my bucket Mm -hmm. list and um, I'll get there one of these days, I promise. Well, we look forward to having you. Make sure you get a hold of me before you come. I will. Um, Thanks so much for the opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, yes, I normally don't do these things because it has everything to do with like a big camera and I'm better behind the camera, I feel like. Um, but uh, new technology makes things a lot easier. Now. It does. It does. Um, and, you know, we we feel like we're just having a conversation and yes. it's easy to forget that, you know, other people are going to listen. But, the, you know, I I people are not critical about how we look or, you know, I look back and I'd be like, oh, I made a funny face or whatever. But people are listening to what, what we have to share. And that's the most important part. So. Right. Um, and yeah. in, you know, for me, it's not how I look. It's actually, a, it's actually an, a real thing for some reason when somebody's holding a big camera and I've done a, quite a few interviews and things and worked with history channel and CNN and all of that through Landspeed racing and through my projects. It's just, I get very strange when there's like lights and the big cameras and, and I, I, it's so not familiar because I'm supposed to be on the other side, right? I'm not supposed to be in front. So although these are really incredible opportunities I've had, it's still, 
I just feel so much more at home behind the lens. Yeah. And, and so that's why I get a little bit. Uh, well, you did no great. Problem. I really, Thank you. really enjoy talking to you today. And um, we will definitely stay in touch because I'm going to learn more about what you do and the, um, you know, speed demon and those things that you're involved in. And then uh, we're, we're going to stay in touch for sure. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Holly.